end the Bible study tonight, what we have, and the Lord bless you. And good evening, everybody. How's everyone doing? Having a good week so far? Amen. <laughs> yes, I know. It's, it's good. It's a refreshing thing to be able to come to a place like this and, and uh, do a little praying and worship and just get our minds on where they need to be, and that's on Jesus. And if we can learn to do that more often, man, we're going to see victory. We're going to start seeing the things that God wants us to see, you know, things that really matter in this life. And that's something that God is just helping me tremendously with in my walk is to recognize that and to want to want more of that, to pray more of that. You know, the mind of Christ, the Bible speaks of that. And also just God's perspective on life. And I mean, he's the expert, right? He, he knows life very well and he can help us to do that individually. That's how good God is. And that's why Jesus came to have everything that God we read about Jehovah God in the Bible to bring it down to the personal level, to the individual and we're going to start we're going to talk about that tonight, as a matter of fact, and a beautiful story that I pray that we can all find encouragement from because it truly is about us. So in the name of Jesus, Lord, as we come before you tonight, whether we're watching online tonight, whether we're here in person, Lord, if there's any needs, Lord, I just pray that we just lift our hands up and say, Jesus, you know that we need a healing, Lord. We need a touch. Maybe it's some encouragement. Maybe we feel alone. Maybe we feel like nobody cares, Lord, Lord, let us know tonight in faith and with assurance that you are here. You're our ever-present help, Lord Jesus. You're here to help and meet our needs, Lord, to hear our hearts, Lord. And we can start having that conversation with you right now, wherever we're at. Because we have faith that you are listening. You're standing by, Lord, to intervene, to help us out in this life. That is what you're doing every day, 24-7 for people around this world. And, Lord, we, we praise you. We lift you up tonight. We ask, Lord, that you lead this study, Lord, that you teach this study, Lord, that your inspiration comes into our hearts, and, Lord, that our hearts are able to receive the engrafted word, Lord, which is able to save our souls, as your word says. And, Lord, tonight, I pray if there's anyone hurting, Lord, that they know for, of assurance that you are there to meet that need. We ask a healing right now for Brother William, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you touch him right now. In the name of Jesus, we bind together in faith in agreement that in Jesus' name, this brother is healed by faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your death, burial, and resurrection, Lord. We thank you for giving us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind this night. In Jesus' name, we pray. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. God is so good. Just like that song, he gives us so many blessings, undeserving, right? You know, and I just, I'm so thankful for these songs that we sing because, matter of fact, I often wake up singing them. You know, anyone can really, I, they just there, they're just there. And, and honestly, it really gets me, my mind focused on where it needs to be, as I was sharing earlier. But songs, the Bible talks about singing, encouraging one another with spiritual hymns and songs and psalms, things like that, we can encourage one another with. And we get a lot of that from our worship team. So praise God for our worship team, our worship leaders, who have, uh, God has given that talent and ability and to do, because that's so powerful. And as I'm, in, I'm in the book of Psalms right now, if you're reading along your, your daily readings. And it's just amazing that the book of Psalms, obviously, it's the, uh, the longest one in the Bible, right? But it's amazing that we find most of our messianic prophecies in the book of Psalms, and there's just so much praise in there and prayer requests and um, find people like King David pouring out his heart, and we know that he was a type and shadow of the true anointed one, Jesus Christ, you know, and there's a lot of prophecies there, and I just find that so powerful 
that in the Psalms, the Psalms, we find a lot of that in our Bibles. And we can use that on a daily basis to encourage ourselves as well. So, so how many of you are enjoying God's word for life? If you're joining us online, this is really just a powerful devotion. And I just want to mention also that I'm very thankful for those who've taken the effort to put this together, you know, because it takes a lot of work. And it's clear that it was done in prayer and people just, you know, using their talents for God. And that, that alone, I don't know about you, that inspires me so much when I see an individual who, no matter who you are, just using your talents, your abilities for the kingdom of God. That inspires me and that encourages me. And I, I know that that is uh, a, the will of God for all of us to do, whatever talent we have, you know. And we can have faith in God that God has given us something. And we all have the talent of faith, right? And we can take that one talent and we can invest it in the kingdom and see God do things and add to that in our lives. So one of those things that, that is helpful and, and really um, facilitating that spiritual growth is getting in the word of God every day, often. And as I, as I read, I recognize that, man, there's so much there that God has done. And as I read the word and I talk about it with people, I just let them know that it's not just uh, a bunch of do's and don'ts, right? But these are words of encouragement, words of inspiration. The Bible says that they're for correction and instruction in righteousness, that we may the man of God may be thoroughly perfect unto good works, right? And so we have the word of God. We have the instruction of God. And, and I, I like to believe this, too, as I am experiencing this in my life, that as I, as I relate to the word of God and the more I, I get into God's word, I find that that is helping me with a relationship with God. And the more of a relationship with, we have with the word of God, the more we find we, God more in our lives, you know, because God is his word. Right. That's the, the way we know God, the way he's revealed himself to us today. And he continues to do that. And it's amazing, even though I've read the Bible before in an entirety, as I go through it a second time and a third time, God just shows me more things, you know, things that I'm that are more relevant to me than ever before. Maybe it's just because um, I'm in, in a certain place in my life. But God knows the Bible says the word of God is quicker and sharper than any. It's quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, right? And it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And I think that's amazing because God, go, he'll go there, that place that sometimes we don't want him to go. <laughs> but in our daily devotions, we can be assured that God is there to help us. If he's pointing something out in our lives and it's convicting, we can be confident that he's already made a way for us to go forward. And that's why God does that. He's not trying to condemn us, as we're going to read tonight, about a, an individual who may have experienced this. So if you're following along in your Bibles, you're going to find the passage we're referencing tonight in the book of John, chapter 4, in verses 13 through 14. Or if you want to read the entire text, you can read John, chapter 4, verses 5 through 42. The message tonight, the Bible study, is really focused on water from the well. And as, we've, uh, as we are familiar with the story, as we read the story, we, re we see that Jesus met a woman at a well. And we don't have, uh, you know, the time tonight to go into the detail about the, the insignificance of wells in the Bible. But, man, there's some good stuff there we can learn a lot from. But, in short, Jesus found this woman at a well. And I find that in our lives that we are very much just like this woman. She really is us. 
in every believer's life. And if you're a believer tonight, as you read this story, read it with that in mind that I am. I'm just like that woman at the well. And as we read the, 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 the story in that context, we, we start realizing, wow, how many other people are out there just like this woman at a well, right? So to start out, first of all, Jesus went through Samaria. And, and what is the, what's the significance of Samaria regarding the Jewish nation? Anyone? We know historically that there was some division there, right? There was a wall of division. There was a totally, uh, this was the two different societies. They didn't agree. The Jews looked down upon the Samaritans because of their race, basically. And the Samaritans look at the Jews as very elitist-like, and they thought too highly of themselves. And so they kept to themselves. They didn't mingle. They didn't hang out, right? They didn't go to dinner together, anything like that. But Jesus decides to go out of his way to Samaria. And that's amazing because we find in the Gospels Jesus doing that a lot, going out of his way to meet somebody or a group of people. We, we read not too long ago that he went out of his way to uh, meet some lepers, right? And it's amazing. We, we, we need to make those connections in the Bible because God does that for us. Jesus will use the people like you and me, right, to send people like you and me to the, into the lives of other people. And as we focused on these types of people who the society has put aside or shunned in, in life, we start, we're going to start recognizing that this is my opportunity. This is what I need to be do doing. This is what I need to be about. So he goes out of his way to Samaria. And so it says here, Jesus knew what he was doing when he chose to go through Samaria. Even though his disciples did not, Jews and Samaritans did not like or trust each other. Samaritans considered Jews to be snobby and elitist, while Jews considered Samaritans to be unequal because of their ancestry. However, Jesus had a plan to tear down all the hatred that existed between these two people groups by offering his love and salvation to both. Do we see any of that in our society today with groups of people and walls and division? Of course we do. It's all around us, right? It'd be hard not to see it. Um, and then it's echoed in social media. It's echoed even in our schools, our jobs. It's there. It's prevalent. Whether we want to acknowledge it or not, it's there very much so. But Jesus took the time to go in a place where people wouldn't normally go, right? And he went there with a purpose. And I think that's key to point out as well. So he finds himself at the well. He meets this woman at a well. All right. And so similar to and not just any well, does anyone know which well this was? Jacob's well. Amen. So he goes to this Jacob's well. Now, there's some there's some significance, some historical significance here about Jacob's well, because we also know, um, historically speaking, that this is also a place of reconciliation between Jacob and Esau. And if you've read the Old Testament, you understand that there was there was a little bit of bad blood there at some point. Right. And Jacob took his uh, birthright from his brother Esau. And he, in his mind, he thought Esau was extremely mad. And he was. Esau was initially very angry and wanted to hurt him. Um, but God restored that. And at a place that it, it really happened historically, um, scholars believe it was at Jacob's well. And so there's some history there. And so we see not only the history being uh, uh, unfolding here. But we see Jesus really exemplifying and fulfilling what really 
reconciliation was truly about. He's going to a place called Samaria and meeting a woman from Samaria at this well. The woman went to the well at the sixth hour, okay, 12 noon. It was the hottest part of the day, and drawing water from a deep well was difficult, laborious work. So this woman probably went to the well at this time to avoid long stares and whispered conversations behind her back and about her past. It's clear that this woman had a past. And what is amazing is I read this story, I see that Jesus already knew where she had been in her life. And I find that's what I'm talking about when I see myself in the story. When we, when we read it, we should see ourselves here that where God found us in our lives as believers, he already knew where he, we had been. And we can look back and we understand that now. Maybe we didn't understand it at first, but we see it now that Jesus knew where this woman had been, right? And he wasn't there to condemn. He wasn't there to make her feel bad. He wasn't make, there to echo what society was already yelling at her, that she was different, she was shunned, she didn't belong, she wasn't good enough. And that's what society does to us sometimes, right? And so here comes Jesus. She's at that, she comes to turn, this woman's at the well, getting water at a time when she's hoping no one else would be there. But guess who's there? That's right, Jesus. So what testimonies do you have of God reconciling and in his redeeming work in your life? Any takers tonight? But we, we know, and it's important that we know where we came from. And as we read the story of the woman at the well, I reflect where God met me. I, I reflect upon the struggles that I was dealing with in my life, where I was trying to run away. I was trying to be um, away from everybody, you know, in places where I wouldn't find a ho- anyone I knew in my life, you know. And I think I've shared this from, uh, from up here before, that one of the things I wanted to do when I got out of the Navy was be a truck driver. And, yeah, obviously they, they can make good money and everything, but uh, that's not really why I wanted to be a truck driver. I wanted to be on the road because I knew that I would be away from everybody. I wouldn't have to see people all the time. I wouldn't have to be reminded of the people that I felt look down upon me in my life, and I could just be away from everybody. And I don't know if anyone here can relate with that, but that's what happens to us in society when we allow the pressures of this world to penetrate our lives, when we, we only are living for the things in this life, those types of pressures have a way to really weigh us down. And frankly, as humans, we can't handle that. But we need God's help, right? And this woman was experiencing the same thing. She wanted to be away from everybody. She was tired of being criticized. She, didn't, she knew that this, uh, what the stares meant. She knew what the whispers meant. And today, again, we have all kinds of things like social media. So it's, it's, it's that human nature side of us that wants to get away from it all. And here's this woman, but Jesus was not afraid to talk to her. People who have made life-altering mistakes often avoid invasive questions. They avoid places and people where they know they will face embarrassment and confrontation. And, and, and brothers and sisters, we're living a world today where that is the case for a lot of people. And we may not be able to see it right away, but if we're listening to God's spirit, if we're being led of God, God will lead us to people who are hurting in that way. You know, and we can be that helping hand. We can be that listening ear. We can convey the love of Jesus Christ to people who the who society has pushed away or judged, told them that they don't belong, right? That you didn't succeed. You're not a story successful. We're really, you have nothing to say, nothing to offer. But Jesus finds value in every single one of us. And if you're listening to tonight, 
know that Jesus finds value in you. You have worth. You mean something to God. Your life matters to God and for God. And Jesus was there to tell this woman at the well the very same thing, that your life matters. Don't care where you've been. I already know, right? We know the story. He asked her about her husband's. It was revealed that she had had several, right? But he was there to tell her a very powerful message, that there's a well of living water. There's something that can satisfy you. You don't have to go there anymore. You don't have to keep searching for the things that don't satisfy. And that's the message you and I have the privilege to share with people that we meet, right? If we're, if we're listening to the Lord, God, the Lord will lead us to these people. We can let them know there's a well of living water that we can draw from. And I find it amazing that Jesus revealed himself to this woman. Notice that she stuck around to listen to what he had to say. And when she talked about the Messiah, and he said that he was the Messiah, she accepted, right? She knew. She knew because he had revealed to her where she had been, right? And if we, if we are listening to the Spirit of God, God can show us, too. Not in, maybe not in detail, but just through us, use us to share to people where they will know that, wow, only God would have known that. Only the Spirit of God that is in you could have known that about me. And we get to, to lead people to that well and point them to the one who can satisfy and that's the story of us all. We have found a place, right, where the Spirit of God is satisfying us. And that's a good thing. And we, we are taught and we are encouraged through the Word of God to go back to that well. Keep drawing out of that, right, instead of going back to the world. Because the world has its own way of trying to patch up and, and make think, people think there's really something there when there's just not. Right? It's like a mirage in the desert. It's just not. Only Jesus can satisfy, and we need to experience that. And we can encourage people to experience that. We can be that representative, right, and that testimony. Jesus called us to be witnesses of him, right, of who he is. And we get to be that for people, right, that don't, maybe they've never seen it before. Maybe they're just so used to being turned away from or ignored, right. Um, we get to go there and be that listening ear, and perhaps we by the Spirit of God, we'll go out of our way to sit down and meet somebody like that in our lives, in Jesus' name. So there are powerful uh, examples of this throughout the Bible. And I want to reference the well again because it's important that we remember we have those landmarks in our life to know where we came from. When this woman left, right, talking to Jesus, she went and told everybody about who Jesus was. Isn't that a powerful reminder, you know, about what he did for her? And, and they then experienced Jesus for themselves, and they told her, hey, we don't need you to tell us anymore. We know for ourselves. Converting so many people in that area, Samaria, one person, one person. And I pray tonight that we can have that kind of vision, that sensitivity God, to God's spirit and his calling that there's that one person who is waiting to be heard, to be listened to, to be loved, right, and cared about. And we need to have the eyes of Christ. We need to be able to have that, that unction of God to go in those places where society doesn't want to go, right? We don't have to fear what people think about us, right? Jesus didn't care. He wasn't intimidated by what his fellow Jewish people were going to think about him because he had a greater purpose. He was able to see the vision, the, God, the way God sees people, right, right at the heart of it. 
And that's ultimately all that matters is, is the heart of somebody. And we can't look, we can't judge by the outward appearance. And we certainly can't use society standards, right? We need to use the standards that God spells out in his word, the standards that he lived out in the Gospels. Amen? Similarly, we should be willing to look beyond each person's past and treat everyone with the same respect and dignity we would hope to be offered. Jesus respected the woman by engaging her in conversation. Isn't that powerful? That's a sign of respect. Just talking to somebody is a sign of respect. Have you ever experienced that? Like people are looking at you like they're flabbergasted because you talked to them. You know, you took the time to say, hey, how you doing? And maybe sit down with them. People sometimes are a little surprised because they're just not used to that. Right. But that is that is all too often the case in our society. Right. Uh, We have so many ways to communicate these days and and to be uh, part of a social media platform. But I've noticed that the more the more platforms there are, the more social media outlets there are. It seems like the lonelier, lonelier our society becomes, the more isolated our society becomes. And we've got to recognize that as believers and start praying those kind of prayers, recognizing that is the, the battle for a lot of people. And maybe we still, as believers, find ourselves in those similar situations. We start feeling a little isolated, right? I know I do sometimes. But I do know that I can come to that well and I can draw out, and I can, I can draw out of that well what my true purpose is, my meaning in life, and the one who loves me, right? And, and, and Jesus, who wants to sit down always, and he's always willing to have a conversation with me, spend time with me. And I often thank God in my prayers for God wanting to do that, willing to do that, you know, to listen to me, to hear my heart, to commune with me. And I find that is, is helping me grow and find peace when I feel like I'm in those isolated times and areas in my life. But know that you're never alone. If you're listening tonight, you are not alone. God is with you. He's available, and he's just a prayer away, right? And I, I, I encourage myself with that, and I remind people of that. All you have to do is start talking to Jesus just like he's sitting right next to you and watch what he does, right? Watch what he will do, and he'll do for you like he did for this woman at the well. He will tell you that there is, there is a love, a God who loves you. There is a well you can draw from. You don't need to turn to the world anymore. You know, and again, this woman represents all of us. Whatever our vice was, whatever we used to turn to, and we've got to recognize that there's a whole world out there that is turning to things like that. But we have the answer. You know, so let us with prayer seek out God for the people who are searching, who are stuck in these areas in their life, who are continuing to go back in that cycle, finding no fulfillment. We can be the ones to deliver a message of hope. We can be... We can show the respect to people who don't feel respected. And what does, think about what respect, when we receive it, what it does for us, right? And there's so many ways to do that. And Jesus was not afraid to engage this woman and show her respect. Additionally, the woman was ashamed, but Jesus was not ashamed of her, right? Sometimes we're going to meet people and they have, they, they're just overwhelmed with shame. They know. They're not even trying to hide it anymore, Right? And sometimes that'll, that'll happen. People just get tired of playing that game of trying to hide it up, hide it, cover it up, and, and, and to, to be something they're really not, right? Because this world has its standards. And when we can't live up to those standards, we feel like we failed or we have fallen short, you know. But we encounter people all the time that the shame is there. It's just out there. But Jesus was not ashamed of this woman. 
And you think about that word, the shame. You know, maybe we've felt that in our lives. We're, we were the person that people were ashamed to be around, right? If you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. Or maybe we have been ashamed of somebody, right? And, but just know that Jesus was not ashamed to talk to her, right? And we can count on that. We can have that faith. We can have that boldness, that confidence that, man, Jesus wouldn't be ashamed to talk to her. So why wouldn't, why am I, you know, ashamed to talk to this person? But Jesus loved her. He encountered her. He approached her, right, a person that no one really wanted to be around. The woman had a lot to be ashamed of. Her past seared her memories and her conscience. She tried her best to avoid revealing what she had done. However, when Jesus finally revealed that he knew everything, he did not embarrass her or speak down to her. He just welcomed her. He introduced her to something that she needed and opened her understanding. This is, this is what the Messiah is all about, right? He's not just, Jesus is not about just a religious experience, but notice that she, she did acknowledge his Messiahship. And that's important, I believe, in our faith and, and, and God revealing that next thing to us is acknowledging his messiahship, that he is the one, right? He is the Jehovah God of the Bible incarnate. He's the one that was spoken about, and he's been revealed. And now he's got that living water, right, that is available in abundance for all of us. We don't need to turn to the world, right? And that's awesome. That gives me such peace that, man, the world, you don't have anything that I want anymore, you know? You know, I know it's still out there and I can pursue things, but I want to follow Jesus. I want to keep going back to that well because it keeps satisfying me, right? And that is something the world could never, ever do for me. Praise the Lord. So we must be compassionate like Jesus. Jesus provided a perfect example of how we can be loving, compassionate examples to people with disreputable past because of sin's pervasiveness. More and more people with life-altering mistakes and their past are coming into our churches. The experiences may be vastly different from our own. Regardless, the love and compassion of Christ has offered us that has Christ has offered us is the same he is offering to them. So again, going back to the thought that we need to remember where we came from, that I was the woman at the well, right? And with that, we can have that kind of compassion. We can continue to see people like that. And I believe that if we get in the practice of looking for that and praying those kind of prayers, we're going to start seeing more and more and more of what society is putting and shoving aside, saying you're not worth anything. We can come and find people and let them know there's a God in heaven who loves them and would do anything for them. And I often tell, tell people as I encounter them and share with them that Jesus is your greatest advocate. He's our greatest advocate. He me that means he's in our corner all the time, fighting on our behalf, interceding, right, and for our best outcome. And we know that it's that eternal life, but we can begin that journey today. We don't have to wait in Jesus' name. So Jesus was not ashamed to talk to this woman, and he offered her living water living water right and we know that it was living water because the temporary well she was at would would only leave her thirsty the next day but he offers living water jesus offered an internal solution to her spiritual thirst another deficiency which constantly plagued her and that's how spiritual uh dilemmas come about that's how what sin does to us is it leaves us thirsty and things makes us thinking that it has a, a, a solution to our thirst and life and it has nothing it's a, it's, it's a lie, 
and we know that he gave her and he offered her the eternal water, something that she could come back to and live off of and be healed from. And that reputation wouldn't be her reputation anymore, okay? She can become transformed, a new creature, right, by taking that living water in Jesus' name. So what are some Christian spiritual wells in this world? What are some non-Christian spiritual wells in this world that people keep turning to? What do you think are some examples in our society that people turn to? Alcohol is absolutely a big one. Shopping could be one, right? Binge watching TV, excellent answers. Anything on the Internet? There are lots of things that we can involve ourselves in and that can consume our time, our energy, our mind, right? And what we put under our mind is eventually going to manifest in life. So, yes, alcohol is a big one. Drugs, okay, internet addictions, gamblings, pornographies, right? All kinds of things out there that the world says this will satisfy you, right? But they just end up binding us and holding us down and keeping us from that true living water that Jesus is trying to offer. So there are plenty of things out there, and the truth is that none of them God doesn't know about, none of them that God can't loose us from, none of them that God can't heal us from or deliver us from, and that's the power of Jesus Christ available for us today. So how can we reach people who have been deceived in such manners, like alcohol or shopping or Internet addictions? How do you, how do you and I reach these people? Think about that as we watch this video. How do you and I reach a society who's consumed with going to endless empty wells of life? Jesus met the woman at the well at a place where she was seeking satisfaction. She was thirsty, a very common natural desire. We all have that. But Jesus wasn't talking about her natural thirst. He was talking about her spiritual thirst. It's the old saying of the God-sized hole in our heart that we're all seeking to fill. When Jesus met her that day, he called out what her real thirst was. It was her thirst for acceptance. He talked about the five husbands that she had had. The man that she was with now was not her husband. She was seeking affirmation. She was seeking to be accepted. She was trying to feel this thirst for acceptance. She needed satisfaction. When I think of wells, I think of sources of satisfaction. There are so many wells that we develop in our lives that other people over time have developed that call people to them. You know, it's easy to talk about the other religions as being a type of well that the people go to. Um, you know, they may go to uh, Islam. They may go to uh, Buddhism. There's some force of spirituality that's there that in, in a moment or in a sense, it feels like it's satisfying that thirst that they have, you know, for something divine. But in reality, there's no satisfaction there. There's nothing like being in the presence of Almighty God. There's nothing like being satisfied with the infilling of the Holy Ghost. We understand that's what Jesus was teaching her about. But yet, we in our lives, we develop so many more wells. I heard it said one time that people turn potholes into wells. I thought that was really catchy because it's so true. There are things in our lives that are 
potholes, if you will. They're stumbling blocks that on our road to life that we can dive off in, not realizing that this pothole becomes a source of satisfaction. So many people, they have great experiences. You know, maybe it's it's watching their kid hit a home run in a ball game or, you know, something like that that should not be spiritual, but to them, it's so euphoric. It feels spiritual. It feels like it's satisfying them. And then they get addicted to that. They want that rush again, and it never, ever satisfies them. You know, there are other ways that people look at uh, spiritualism. You know, there's a big push right now for the ultra spiritualist. You know, we find this in, uh, in, in the Wiccan and in things that are, uh, you know, the worship of demonic spirits. And, and it's easy to try to, you know, focus on those things. But I want to encourage us, think about the potholes in our life and the things that we put in our life that we're trying to gain satisfaction from that we can easily see that, well, that's not another religion. It's not Wiccan. It's not super spiritualist. But yet, it gives us a sense of euphoria to where we begin to worship it and we begin to gain satisfaction from it to where it overrides the well we're supposed to be drinking from. It takes our time away from being in the Word of God. It takes our time away from you know going to, to the well that God gave us in prayer. So I want to encourage you, make sure you're looking at your life and seeing, God, what am I drawing from that I shouldn't be drawing from? I want to draw from the Holy Ghost. I want to draw from the Word of God. I want to have a drink from the well that Jesus gives us. Amen. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And that is absolutely powerful. I appreciate what he was sharing there and the fact that there are a lot of things out there. But Jesus said, the true worshipers would worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. So we are blessed to have the word of God to reference and base our worship out of. And we have the one that is very clear in the Bible who we need to be worshiping in Jesus, in Jesus' name. So I appreciate him sharing that because there are a lot of things out there that are trying to uh, fill that spiritual void that only God can, right? And there's a lot of Philly good things out there. And but I'll tell you what, I don't care how accepting people claim these things are. There's no one more accepting than Jesus. And that's who we're talking about tonight. And we see that is in this example is him accepting somebody that society laid aside and said was no good. Jesus was the well from which this woman could drink. Jesus is the only well of eternal life. This is a proven consistently throughout scripture and echoed in parts of John's gospel. Jesus told a crowd gathered at a feast, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That's John 7, 37 through 38. And we know, we know that that was specifically about the Holy Ghost, right? And so the gift of the Holy Ghost is what you and I can experience, not just once, but every day in our lives. And that is the well of living water Jesus was speaking of. And that is the message and that we can share with other people that this will satisfy because we know it satisfies. And I appreciate what pastor shares all the time about having that experience because anyone who argues against that, they can't really argue against an experience. And I tell people that God is a God of experience in, in this New Testament day and age that he wants you to experience him so that you have faith in him. You know, not because I'm sitting here telling you about it, but because he wants to have an experience with you. That's the kind of God he is, and we see that as Jesus approached this woman at the well. He's not afraid to approach anybody, and he will fulfill. God will share living water with anyone who comes to the well. 
in Jesus' name. So we got to have that confidence that it's not us that gives it, right? But we're pointing people to the one who can give them that living water. We can tell them the message, right? We can tell them. We can listen to them and be that friend. We can be that compassionate person. We can reach out to the people who have a, who have a need of love, of relationship. And ultimately, that's what we're all looking for. We all just want to be in a relationship, right? God did not create us to be alone, right? We see that in marriages. We're going through a marriage class that reminding us all the time, right? But the fact that God did not create man to be alone or woman, right? And so and the, the husband and the wife is an example of the marriage that God has for his church, for his body, right? And so we recognize that a lot of people that is an innate hunger in the heart of human beings is that desire to be in relationship and we know the one who wants to be in a relationship with them all right and we can be that vessel that god uses amen in closing matt in matthew 9 chapter 9 verses 37 through 38 it records what many people call jesus's only prayer request jesus told his disciples the harvest truly is plenteous but the laborers are few Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth more laborers into his harvest. Right? More people who will go out to the, those women at the well, those people at the well whose society is turned away from. So as we close our eyes tonight, I just want you to meditate on these words as we close. There is a challenge for you today, for you and I. If we are to be Christ-like, then we must share the living water with people who have made life-altering mistakes. More and more people will walk into our churches from a myriad of backgrounds, we must remember Christ died for them just as much as he did for us. Though we may not know what is in someone's past, may we never forget where God brought us from. May we be compassionate and never condemn people because of where they are or have been. This is one of the reasons Paul wrote to the Corinthians. He wanted to remind them that even some of them, had, though they had been promiscuous, idol worshipers, and abusive before God, that God saved them. They had no right to pretend they got where they were by their own righteousness. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to visit this message in your word, Lord, that speaks to our hearts, Lord, that of the love and compassion that you share to us every day, Jesus. We thank you for it. Lord, without you, we, we can do nothing, but, Lord, through your living water, we can do all things through Christ in Jesus' name, Lord. Let us, Lord, seek you out, Lord, not only for more labors, Lord, but send us, send us forth, Lord, to those lost people, those who are seeking, who feel shunned, who've never felt the love of God ever before in their lives. May we be those vessels of honor to be used for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. The other day I, I was reading an article, and it had to do with health and things of that nature. And this person was making the point that about, I, and I, I want to say between 80 and 90% of the people that come to an ER, she was making reference to the fact that they are dehydrated that's one of the issues that they have in their life well tonight we have a water that we don't have to be dehydrated with in Jesus name and I think we need to take advantage of that as many and as often as we can because I'm going to tell you something God wants to saturate our lives with his spirit in the name of Jesus praise God I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul just like the Bible says got the Holy Ghost, amen, down in my soul, just like the Bible said. Well, I've been to that water and I've been baptized. 
that God has given you the greatest gift on this side of heaven in Jesus' name, and we can share this with any and everybody in Jesus' name, and this is what will make a difference in their lives in Jesus' name. I heard one time about Jacob's well, that it was just kind of a hole in the, in the ground where just the water, when it would rain or whatever the case was, would drain into, praise God, and so a lot of times uh, they, they say that the water that was taken from that well had to go and be boiled and so that it had to be clean so they could drink it and that type of thing. But Jesus was talking about a water, praise God, that was already purified. And so you and I, we have, we have a great testimony that we can tell people in Jesus' name. Don't forget, there's people like that out there that are just waiting for somebody like you and I to share with them exactly what God can do for them in Jesus' name. Don't forget this week, of course, got lots of things going on in this church, Tuesday night prayer and this Wednesday night Bible study, Thursday night marriage classes. We're, we're just, we've got a lot of things that we're trying to accomplish here over the summer. And so if you can be a part of these things, we just want to welcome you to do that. Sunday, of course, we'll have services in the morning, and then Sunday um, uh, in the evening will be our men's Bible study. We've got a new book called Dominion that we're going to be talking about. And so hopefully you'll come and you will receive from the Lord in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you tonight. Thank you for being faithful to the house of the Lord. God bless you. <clears throat>